0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program.
1: This is The Pet Buzz with Pet Trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, The Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Pet Trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck.
2: Hey, good morning. I'm Pet Charlotte Reed, and you are listening to The Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. Unfortunately, Dr. Fleck is on special assignment and he can't be with us today. He is really going to miss a great show. You know, this is my favorite show of the year. I'm so excited to present our Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show special programming. I can't wait. So let's just kick off the show with the director of the communications and the host of the Westminster Annual Dog Show, Gail Miller Beischer. I've known Gail for so many years, and she continues to amaze me and surprise me with all the things that she's working on when it has to do with this annual show that's 146 years old. So hello, Gail, and welcome back to the Pet Buzz. It is always
3: good to have you join. Great great to be here, Charlotte. Always happy to help out and talk about the dogs and talk about the dog show. How many dogs, for example, are being shown this year? So, this year, our confirmation entry was increased to 3,200. That was our limit. We almost reached it. We're very close to that number. And uh, it's exciting because that means we have lots of dogs coming. You know, last year, it was 2,500. So, it is an increase, and we're excited about that. And being at Lynnhurst has actually lent itself to that. We have a little more space uh, for exhibitors. And again, we have 350 agility dogs. And, of course, these are top-ranked agility dogs from all across the country, coming Coming in, and then we have obedience dogs. That are, of course, the top again. Uh, it's the premier event, so all the the big winners and top ranked dogs will be there. So, what are the largest number of dogs in any one
2: uh, a breed? Given, give us, for example, the top five dog breeds that have the highest
3: entries. Sure. So this year isn't unlike other years. Golden retrievers are always at the top. This year, they're the number one breed. They have seventy golden retrievers entered. And as you know, Charlotte, when you come to our show and you see a ring full of champion golden retrievers who are perfectly groomed and in Fabulous physical condition—it is a sight to behold. So uh, that's something that we love sharing, and we have free streaming, of course, on WestminsterKennelClub.org. So if you are a Golden Retriever lubber, lover, excuse me—you can uh, tune in and watch the judging for free um, on our on WestminsterKennelClub.org. The second largest. Let me just jump in with the set. I'll give you the top five. So second largest, is the Labrador Retrievers, with 49, and that, of course, is again. The AKC's most popular breed based on registrations for 2021. And then Pugs are third, coming in with 46 pugs. Again, you'll want to see that streamed live. Who want who who could resist 46 pugs, right? I mean. That's an incredible thing. Ridgebacks have really um, increased. They're at 43 Rhodesian Ridgebacks this year. And then French Bulldogs, of course, very popular city dog too. Uh, French Bulldogs, we have 41. But you know, the one that really is interesting to me, and I think this is, uh, especially since we're on a grand estate at the Lyndhurst Estate in Terrytown, is there are 32 Bull Mastiffs. Wow. That's wow. a
2: lot. That's a lot of dog. You know, that is a lot of dog. It's a kind
3: dog, a sweet dog, although it's a big dog. And it's a great family-friendly dog, too. Right. And I think it's great tie-in with the estate because, of course, you know, one of the Bull Mastiff's original jobs was to protect property and estates. So um, they're kind of uh, right where they should be. But seeing 32 of them all in one place, I can't wait to watch that. You know, it's interesting how...
2: The AKC registration is also comparing with your top dogs. So that's kind of – that's interesting that that it coincides, right? It's it impot- is. It is it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm always amazed by the history of Westminster and uh, the fact that in 1889, the Tsar of Russia entered uh, – a- He was listed as a breeder of a Siberian wolfhound. And then the following year, one of the entries was a Russian wolfhound whose listed owner was the emperor of Germany. Um, Westminster is truly an international show. And, you know, one of the things I like as I'm walking around and talking to some of the breeders and the handlers, the languages that are spoken. So it just reaffirms that the show is really an international show. Where are all the dogs coming from this year? I mean, from around,
3: uh, around the world, I would assume. Well, most of them are from across the U.S. We have all we have forty-nine states represented, so that's exciting. And then we do have international entries, um, but it's important to note that. These dogs are already in the U.S. They're not coming just for the show. Um, As you know, this is a champions only uh, dog show. So all of the dogs entered are AKC title champions. And so dogs will come like we have 58 dogs from Canada coming here, but they're probably already here and have been showing and gotten their, you know, earned their championship title. If you've just joined us, we're talking with the director
2: of communications and the host of the Westminster Kettle Club Dog Show, Gail Miller-Beicher.
3: So who are the top five dogs to look out for? Well, this is always the you know the exciting part. You know, the, you know there's rankings out the wazoo in the dog show world. <laughs> it's all broken out by breeds and by group and all of that. But I would say some of the dogs to watch are um, the Samoyed Striker, who was the number one dog last year in the country, and he won the working group last year. He, I'm sure, will be coming back. Um, we also have the Lagotto Romagnolo Orca. Who, uh, did very well last year and I'm sure she will be back as well. She's very, um been doing very well out on the show circuit this year so those are two that are interesting and fun to watch and then you know there's a new um you may remember Marjorie good who had Charmin, the celium several years ago who was a big winner well one of his uh grandchildren is now out cash and she's been doing a lot of winning with this young celium so you, you know how it is at Westminster some you know the top ranked dogs come in doesn't always mean they're going to advance they generally do have a good chance of it. But there's always a young upstart that, you know, shows up and does well. And that's the fun of it. You just never know what's going to happen. You know, it's interesting because Stryker's been around for a long
2: time. He is a beautiful, beautiful dog. Um, you know, Marjorie's been around for a long time, too, with, I would say, one of the heritage breeds. Uh, we don't see a lot of sealems really, other than at the shows when she's you know, running around the ring with one. So it's kind of nice to see that. It's it's nice to see the same people over and over again. Uh, I remember Daniel, the golden retriever.
3: Do we have any golden retrievers or French bulldogs since they're so popular? Are they? Well, at- <laughs> the number one dog in the country right now is a Frenchie. So uh, Winston, who's been just on a roll this year, will be coming with Perry Pace and handling. And so, you know, sometimes it's like, it's good and bad that you're the top ranked dog because everyone's watching you when you show up sure. to see if you're going to make it and how far you go and all that. But um, with with that large of an entry of Frenchies, there's 41, I think I said, or 40 something. That's that's tough competition. You know, there's going to be a lot of other dogs there that are in top condition and really trying to to take best of breed. I mean, you know I've been going to Westminster for
2: many, many years, Uh, especially this time of the year. It's a little bit more touching for me because my dad always took me, and his birthday is a few days after the show. So... When Westminster Time comes around, I always think about him and the fond memories, and I whip out the pictures um, of you know me petting the dogs, and and just the memories of him when we'd go uh, into the garden, he'd say, Butchie, he used to call me Butchie, he used to touch my collar, and he would say, now remember, you can't pet the dogs. If you want to pet them, you have to ask first, and don't be upset if the man or the woman, you know, the handler or the breeder say, no, you just have to be polite and just say, okay, I'll cheer for you in the ring. And then, you know, so those are some of the fond memories I have. So Gail, tell me about some of your memories. Uh, What's the best Westminster ever?
3: Wow. Well, I have two actually, Charlotte, and it's been a long time coming, but I would say as for myself as a handler, the, my favorite was when I was in the, uh, junior Showmanship Finals back in the 80s. I'll just leave it at that. We won't say what year. Um- <laughs> You were, and, you, were, you were way junior. <laughs> way, way junior. <laughs> and it was my last year of eligibility. And I had gone to Westminster from the St. Louis areas where I grew up. And my parents were not people of means and they could not um, all fly together. So I went. I was the only one they could afford to send. And I went with my dog and we had other dog friends uh, pick me up at LaGuardia and take me to the dog show. And um, I was sick. I it was taking cough medicine and trying to you know, keep it together. And I got second in the finals, which was very exciting. It was bittersweet because my parents weren't there to see it after all their sacrifice over the years. But it was, uh, it was an exciting win because I was in Madison Square Garden and because I knew it was my last year, my last chance as a junior, really. And so um, it was a great experience. Well, Gail, it's always nice to have you. You look great.
2: And I'll, maybe I'll see you next week. You never know. Oh, that would be awesome. Thank you, Charlotte. Well, everyone, that was Gal Miller Bysher, the director of communications and the TV host of the 146th annual Westminster Kennel Club dog show, discussing. The best part of the show The dogs A little later in the show We will hear from David Helming The show chair Or I should say The co-show chair And AKC Vice President Gina DiNardo You're going to stick around with me Because there's always more talk about dogs There's always more talk about The purple and gold And always more talk about the WKC
4: You are listening to The Pet Buzz With pet trendologist Charlotte Reed And veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck We love to communicate with you Via social media Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com.
1: Know what? What? Since I got adopted, I've learned a lot about these humans.
0: Uh, I know, I mean, check out these two. It's Flirt City over here.
1: Yeah, I noticed that. It looks like my human is definitely into your human. Oh, look.
5: I think she's getting his number. Nice. Your human's got some sweet moves. Takes after his dog.
1: (laughs) Oh, look, they're doing that thing where they put their arms around each other.
0: She kicked up a leg. It's like in the movies.
1: That's awesome. Looks like we're going to be hanging out a little bit more.
2: Thank you so much for joining me. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and this is a very special edition of the Pet Buzz. This is our yearly Westminster Kennel Club annual dog show programming. The Westminster Kennel Club is one of the greatest American sporting activities that has delighted and dazzled folks of all ages for 146 years. But most dog lovers have no idea what it takes to put on such a great show. So joining us today to discuss what goes into creating the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show year after year is show chair David Helming. David, welcome to the uh, Pet Buzz.
5: Thank you, Charlotte. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: You know, we're always excited to talk about the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. And I think I told you that. I've been going to the show since I'm five years old. So it's been a really long time without giving my age away. I'll tell you when, when we're alone together. Um, my dad always took me to the dog show. And my mom always took me to the derby. And never the twain shall meet. So, you know, a lot of people want to know what it means to be show chair,
5: Uh, Simply put, it's a great honor to be it, uh, certainly for the Westminster Kennel Club with the history of the club going back so many years. And I've been fortunate to be a part of it. I actually started back in 2016 as the assistant to Tom Bradley. And then I was show chair for the next four years. And the last two years, uh, David Haddock and I are both co-chairs. So we're sharing responsibilities uh, for this year again.
2: I bet that's nice because it seems like there's a such a big show, such a historic show. Every year there has to be, you know, that that high standard. Uh, so it's probably nice for you to share the duties,
5: right? Definitely. There's a lot of them to, to go around. And uh, between David and myself and a very exceptional staff, uh, we can sort it out pretty well and get on them.
2: A uh, question, really, a question a lot of people want to know is the big question is why the change of date and the move to uh, New York City's uh, Madison Square Garden up to uh, Westchester County's Lindenhurst Estates?
5: Well, it was a unique, several factors, I think, Charlotte. Uh, of course, as you mentioned, 2021 in Lindenhurst, we went there due to COVID, having an outdoor show, and we were able to have that successful. And it really worked out well, uh, Lindenhurst being a favorite spot of dog fanciers for many, many years with the Westchester Kennel Club and being there. So we went to Lynnhurst and we were able to pull off a very good show. We were proud of it and it was well received. And we had planned to go back to New York City for 2022. And we were gonna go to Pier 36 for the breed judging in January, followed up at nighttime at the garden. And of course, then we had to cancel again in January of this past year due to COVID. And we didn't have too long. We said, you know, let's. who knows what's going to be going on at that point, but we want to be outdoors again, and uh, let's go back to Lindhurst. So uh, we reached out to Lindhurst. They've been great partners, and they were willing to have us back and put some mechanics together and got the show reorganized and moved up there. So, uh,
2: But the show will now. be up there for three years, correct? I mean, it's not just one year. I thought they were – someone had told me that they were doing – I think someone from the AKC told me they were doing work on uh, the Hotel Pennsylvania. Are they demolishing it?
5: I believe it's, it, they have or it is demolished. Uh, we're up at Lindhurst for this year. Our plans for 2023 are still being um, considered right now. We haven't made a determination yet, but this will definitely be our second year at Lindhurst.
2: Great. Well, I, hopefully it's just as beautiful as last year's show. And I, you know, like I said, I've always gone to the show, but the last two years I haven't been able to go And It was spectacular watching it on television. Uh, well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with the 2022 co-chair of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, David Helming. Uh, he's a judge and he breeds new fees. And I believe, aren't you the winner of a Westminster champion?
5: Uh, yeah, several. And, uh, we were, our biggest event you may be referring to is back to 2004, and we were very blessed to have one of our dogs, Josh, go best in show at Westminster, so.
2: Um, you know, one of the things I like about the show is, you know, even though the show is formatted, there are different features that come up uh, throughout the show that you all plan. Some of, they, some of them have to do with your annual giving program. So what features of the show are the same, and what features are different this year?
5: We used the footprint of 2021 to build off of. As I mentioned before, we were very pleased with the way that came off, and we did a little tweaking afterwards. I think two of the biggest changes this year is that we were over 3,000 dogs. We were able to expand it, being outside of Lynnhurst and we're going to have a three-day show. And actually, the 3,000 dogs I think is our largest, in almost 49 years as far as total entry goes. And then, of course, we have agility on top of that and with obedience. So we're we're pushing 3,500 dogs, so it's a larger wow. show this year. Wow. And the other feature this year, we are able to have some spectators there. Last year, we had a limit due to COVID just to exhibitors, but this year we are going to have spectators also. Uh, but the general format of the show, we are building another, we call it a Little MSG again, uh, and working very closely with Fox, who have been terrific partners, Fox Sports, in working together to get that done. So that'll be there and we'll be televised uh, live on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday nights this year for the Groups Investing Show. We do have a lot of coverage again with Fox daytime, all three days in the afternoon, we're gonna have nine hours of uh, live breed coverage, plus some videos of other stuff that couldn't be live that was done earlier in the day, plus our master's agility of this program this year uh, trial will actually be on uh, Big Fox, on Sunday, the day after. So there's a lot of exciting television coverage going on.
2: How is COVID affecting your planning of the show? And, you know, obviously things change from day to day. Um, And what measures uh, does the visiting public have to be aware of?
5: It's different this year, fortunately, than last year for all of us. Uh, Last year, we had the show, we had a very strict COVID protocol. All our protocol is in accordance with whatever New York State requirements are. Uh, things are a lot better right now for events outdoors. So there are no specific requirements this year. Uh, I think people are, most people are vaccinated. Uh, there may be some people wearing masks there. That's an optional thing mm-hmm. which, uh, people may do. But aside of that, uh, we're just being careful. If anything changes, we'll certainly move on. But right now it's, it's a lot different than it was a year ago, fortunately.
2: Uh, my last question really is, how is the show different from from you know those people there at Lindenhurst versus the folks at home? what What do you see that's different? I mean, is there anything that you see that's different or or here that's different?
5: Well, I think being there uh, for the people that can be there and certainly it's the excitement of it, the atmosphere you can feel it. Uh, being a list for outdoors, it's a beautiful spot, beautiful weather, so you can hopefully beautiful weather. And then we can enjoy all that. You do lose some of that, obviously, watching on television. As far as the television coverage goes, uh, as I mentioned before, we've broadened it out. So there's more breed coverage in all the groups. It's the last, the only dog show right now, which is televised live, group and best in show judging. So people really can feel and experience that. But uh, being at the show, obviously, you can get close to the dogs. You can talk to the handlers. You can talk to the breeders and things of that, and that's something you can't do when you're watching from home.
2: Well, I'm gonna let you go, but before I do, tell us where we can learn more about the Westminster Kennel Club. Uh, Just give us the website.
5: It's very easy, it's westminsterkennelclub.org. And we have lots of good things on there about the show and our activities and find out everything you know. And if you can't find out, give us a call and we'll get you the answer.
2: Absolutely, and you know what? Get that poster. It's one of the things I collect every single year is the Westminster Kennel Club posters right alongside those Kentucky Derby posters. Okay. So every year it's, you know, or, and even the note cards are great. You can, you know, send a friend a thank you, send a, a friend a pack of cards, a dog lover. There are uh, they're nice, and there's always, of course, memorabilia. But uh, I love those cards. I love the poster. You can also find more information about those at the Westminster Kennel Club uh, website. Well, just to remind everyone, that was David Helming, co-chair of the 2022... Uh, Uh, show chair of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. It's always a pleasure to have him here. He is one of those souls everyone knows because he works so hard to put on a good show. Um, So once again, David, thank you so much for being with me. I appreciate it. And. You never know. I might end up at the show, but I will wish you luck now for a good show. And if I think it's fantastic, I will make sure that we email you right after the Best in Show winner is announced. I have my fingers crossed. We're going to take a commercial break and be back with our next guest, Gina DiNardo, the Executive Secretary of the American Kettle Club, discussing why we should consider a heritage breed dog when looking for the dog of your dreams at one of the greatest shows on earth. The Westminster Kettle Club Dog Show.
4: According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen, too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com
1: EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz.
2: So, I'm back with our Westminster Kennel Club special programming. This year, the show is celebrating its 146th year. And like all sporting events, you never know who the winner is going to be. But before I bring on our next guest, I want to talk about my I Likey of the Week. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I
1: like it. It's genius. I like it. it. It's to die for.
2: I like it. Although the author, William Stifle is deceased, his book, Dog Show, 125 Years of Westminster, continues to live on. His book examines the lives of the founders of the Westminster Kennel Club, founded in 1877, and praises their work and the positive influence they've had on the sport. Stifle follows the progression of the Dog Show, outlining the influences that war, depression, cultural changes, and change in management has had on the show, as well as the dogs. Hundreds of amazing photos... And informative captions make this book both fun and enriching to flip through, but it is so much more. The true connoisseur will appreciate the enlightening information, be it cultural or canine, which lies between these captivating pictures. Great for you or buy as a gift to a friend or family member who loves the sport of dog showing or a fan who's never been to the show so that they can learn more.
1: Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel.
2: So welcome back. Uh, As you know, this is our special Westminster Kennel Club uh, special programming. Uh, This is always a great show, and this is, as I always love to say, one of our favorite guests is back on the Pet Buzz. Gina DiNardo, she's the executive secretary for the American Kennel Club. Gina has had a lifelong involvement with purebred dogs and has more than 30 years of experience in the sport of purebred dogs. Gina, it's always a pleasure to have you back on the show. (laughs) I mean, I always feel like I'm saying so many complimentary things, but they're all true. You are our fave guest.
0: (laughs) You're kind. Thank you. Love to be on your show always. Okay.
2: So this is a conversation, you guys have to understand, this is a conversation I've been waiting to have with Gina for a while. And she put the idea in my head and I thought it was so appropriate for this time of the year. Uh, So we're going to talk about heritage dog breeds. So a lot of you don't know what that is, but Gina is going to tell us. So Gina,
0: first question, what's a heritage dog breed? So we don't use the term a lot here at AKC, but as I think about it, to me, it means a very old breed, a breed that was bred like all breeds of that were started out bred for a specific purpose and function, but that these are breeds that still to this day, not only can they do what they were bred to do, but people are using them for the purposes that they were originally intended you know? And then there's other breeds that have evolved and using the instincts that were developed back in the day dogs are taking those same instincts and they're being funneled into other purposes still to help mankind.
2: Okay. So it's my understanding that you have a heritage dog breed. Yes.
0: Well, I have an old, I have old terrier breeds, so they can still do exactly what they were bred to do. I have two toy Manchester terriers and a Glen of a mall terrier. Uh, I have an English toy Spaniel, but they were just bred to be companions, so she's still doing her job. (laughs) (laughs) And as you guys know, I have
2: four English toy Spaniels, uh, one one of my favorite dogs of all. If you've just joined us, we're talking with Gina Donato, the executive secretary of the American Kennel Club, talking about why consider a heritage breed dog. So give us a few examples. I mean, you talked about some of your dogs. Give us a, a few examples of these heritage dog breeds and just tell us what
0: they were bred to do. So let's think about the first dogs that were brought over to the United States from Europe. We had our foxhounds, right? The English foxhound came over. The American foxhound was created from the English foxhound, and they were bred exactly for that purpose, to hunt. We had all the terriers coming over in very early Uh, from the dandy to the westy to the scotty and they were all bred to help keep in you know farms and homes vermin free when uh yorkies were brought the first way were brought from over to england they were to keep rats out of the the mills you bring them over here they're used to do the same thing think about the development of the australian shepherd which was Brought here, or at border collies that you brought here, and they're just the greatest herding dogs. You still see them out on the ranch. Think of a Kuvas or an Anatolian Shepherd that to this day you'll still see out in the field working independently. So there's so many, not only that came here with a purpose, but they're still fulfilling that purpose today. Even a German Shepherd, though you use it now more for police work and security still can go out in the field and herd.
2: Sure. You know, it's so funny because, you know, now everybody wants a French Bulldog. And, well, not necessarily us. And a Golden Retriever and a Labrador. And, and obviously that's true to the AKC registration stats year after year. Sure. Uh, French Bulldogs have moved up. Yep. So why have these kind of older dog breeds gone out of, fa- and I, I don't like to say, I was going to say fashion, but that's not really true. No.
0: I mean. No. I think so. There will always be breeds, I think, that are more popular because they fit into more households. Lifestyles. Italy. Yeah. You know, they don't require a lot of grooming or it's easy because they have a ma- easily maintained coat. They are for the, those kind of lab breeds that are so popular, even golden or German Shepherds. are highly trainable. They want to be with people. They don't have the, you know, a standoffish houndy temperament or, you know, somebody who's not really used to having a dog, gets a dog that has more of a guardian type temperament. As a first-time owner, they might have trouble. So you see bulldogs and Frenchies that are cute and have temp have lots of personalities and easy to care for, don't require a lot of exercise. I think that you know, they can fit into a variety of households. I think that's one of the reasons why they're so popular.
2: Right. But I, I think really for me uh, and talking to you about this, it's that I really want to kind of, I guess, maybe more focus on those breeds that are close to extinction, because I remember the Glen of a mall Terrier. I think that's one of the last acquisitions yes. of of dogs <laughs> that you told me about the last time we talked, which is over a mar- uh, year and a half. And then I had, um, I can't remember his name. I interviewed him last year on my Westminster show. Uh, He is an African-American handler. Mm -hmm. I want to say his name is Ricky. And he, I don't remember what kind of dog, but he also mentioned some of these breeds um, that are are like the dandy, who people are just not breeding. People just are not buying or adopting. Right. Um, So it's important to save and preserve these breeds.
0: Yes. Yes. Right. So they were originally created for a function. People now today want to preserve and protect that breed and the traits that they inherently had to do that function. They've now just become our loyal companions. uh, And, you know, we don't want them to end up as museum pieces. We want these unique breeds, even though their numbers are low and may, may not be doing their original jobs any longer to still be here and that's why we have this phrase that everyone who cares about dogs purebred dogs is using as preservation breeder because we want to make sure that all of these dogs for all of the right reasons are here in a hundred years not only are they beautiful and wonderful but it's preserving our own history and if we lose all these dogs we lose a part of our history and you know some flashier dogs have shot to fame and some of the older breeds are shrinking because they don't have enough support or enough breeders. But, you know, I've said this many times on your show, I always tell people when they're looking for a dog and they think they might want a golden or they think they might want a lab, well, learn about a flat-coated retriever, learn about a clumber spaniel, learn about a Sussex spaniel, because they're gonna have many of some of those similar qualities and you might be helping a preservation breeder find a great pet home for one of those dogs. Because if we don't have pet homes, then what's a breeder going to do? They can't, you know, have to, sure. can't have to moderate the number of dogs in their household. All, all people do. I so. mean,
2: if you look at a, a flat coat that could have up to 10, maybe 12 puppies right. in a litter,
0: yep. then
2: what are they going to do? Because not everybody's going to want a flat. You know, that's actually, a, that would be a good choice for me too. <laughs> Thank you, Gina. I always like that breed of dog, and I remember at one time when I was uh the owner of two dogs and a goat, the pet care service, and I had a client who had a flat coat retriever, and at the time he told me there were only three other ones in New York City and that's actually that's a that's a really good choice and his office and his home wasn't too far from you. It was on the south side of lord and Taylor's yeah. that's yeah, so I remember that mm-hmm. okay so so when I go to a dog show, like when I go to an AK, when I go to an AKC dog show. Yeah. Um, when I go to your yearly annual show, your big show. Big sponsor- national show. Right. Right. Sponsored by Yukonuba, of yeah.
0: course.
2: A yeah. uh, right. A Royal Canaan. Um, it might be a good idea to keep my mind open and look at some of these oh, yes. dogs that uh, are not as popular as they used to be.
0: That's absolutely right. And, you know how do that's one of the reasons I got a Glen of a terrier. Not only did I fall in love with their personalities and their cuteness, but I was interested in what the breed did. And I was interested in helping the breeders have places to put their, you know, my one, mine is beautiful. She probably could have finished, but I could can't show her. And they knew that I wasn't going to be able to show her, but they still wanted me to have a beautiful one because I could introduce the world to her through things like this. Right. And educate people about, about these rare breeds, because, it would be such a travesty if they didn't exist and whether the interest comes from exhibitors and people in confirmation or just dog lovers who have some sense of wanting to help with, keep history alive, you know, look at these rare breeds. And I say, if you can't get to a dog show, AKC TV pretty much is streaming a dog show at least two times a month. If not, we're working up to having a confirmation dog show on air once a week So you can learn and we sit and do the, the, you know, the play by play. And we try to teach people a little bit about the history of the breeds and learn about dogs that way and get a sense for what you might like. And then be lucky enough to find a breeder at a dog show who will help you and then become your mentor.
2: Yeah. And I think that's really, I think that's really important. You know, I'm always in awe of people who I've met over, um, over the years, who I still keep in touch with, who are always there for me at my fingertips, um, and continue to teach me about dogs. And I mean, like I said, in the beginning, this is why I have been waiting to have this conversation for you. It's taken me a while to book you because of how busy you are at the AKC, <laughs> but I think it's something that's really important. And you know, uh, this, it's been rough the last two years. Uh, yeah. people of of course, have gotten dogs. Um, and you know, we always say on this show, whatever dog you want is your choice. That's right. You know, w- why we think adoption is a great thing, but Don't if check. you want to right. Don't. If you want a purebred dog, you can have one because right. I have them and I've had mixed breeds over the years and I've adopted okay. from rescue groups and pounds. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and absolutely you're right. I mean, shows like the AKC show, uh, as well as Westminster or Crufts are great places to learn more about these heritage breeds because you have the opportunity to meet people like you, to meet the breeders, yep. uh, ask questions. And I mean, you know, people are busy, but they'll tell you if they're busy and to come back. You oh, know? Yeah.
0: You know, I thought I knew about a Glen of Amal Terriers till I sat down and talked to my breeder about Glen of Amal Terriers. (laughs) Right. Right? And then just the depth of knowledge from people who are just truly vested and like a thousand percent in on a breed and do research and and learn and try to like, it's amazing. And there's people like that in every breed and they are so valuable. And some, you know, we're lucky to find them when we do. And actually we're trying to actually talk to people like that And get it on tape so that we can share it with more people because their stories are amazing and the knowledge is just—it's an oral tradition more than anything. They're not all writing books, you know. So, you've got to. No, and
2: and I, you know, it's the same thing with the history of the AKC. I think. You know, people think it's just a registration right. and I'm, I'm always telling people, it, I can tell you at least twice a week, I'm like, go <laughs> on the AKC website. There are, you know, you can look at the profiles, you can look at the news stories, you can look and learn more about dog breeds. You can also find uh, rescue resources from the yeah. breed club rescues. So it's not just a registration. It's more, it's more than that. It is probably one of the best information sources for dogs in this country.
0: It really is. And there's also information on, there's like, we have great education, education for young students. We have modules for teachers where they can use the curricula we've developed to teach about purebred dogs and also, but math and history and English. We have uh, seminars and information for people who want to become breeders and learn how to be breeders, learn how to be groomers or learn how to groom your dog better. We have information about how to train your dog and where to find training classes and don't, and you know, we advocate for getting involved in our sports or any sport with your dog because it enhances the bond and it's fun. And you get to meet other people who love your dogs and you get a new bond and you get an extended family. And not only do we have in-person events, but during COVID we developed a whole host, I think up to eight or nine virtual events So if you live far away and you can't get to a training club or you can't get to classes or you can't get to a dog show, say you live 300 miles away from the closest event. We have these virtual things where you can train at home and you can test at home and still earn titles and certificates. So. Or maybe you're scared to like go to an agility trial, but you can do the agility act course in your backyard. How cool is that?
2: You know, I think at a time when people don't have the close connection with family as they used to, or they don't know their neighbors, people are always looking, they're looking for another way to express themselves or whatever hobbies or whatever they're quote unquote into. And this is a positive, great way to meet people, but like you said, most importantly, to bond with your dog. And there's all so many activities that you can take part in. And it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's And you don't have to think about it. You can just go to the akc.org website, learn about dogs, and learn about whatever it is you want. Or even better, I know Gina started in dogs because she grew up in dogs. Uh, Not everyone has that opportunity, but I'm sure she could name at least 10 people who that she's met in the last 10 years who had no interest. I mean, never had an interest in dog, didn't grow up with a dog and now is showing a dog, right?
0: My my breeder who breeds breeds a lot and has wonderful dogs didn't start even having interest in the sport until adulthood, you know, was a, a very successful doctor and Decided, you know, I'm going to get involved with this breed and then became devoted to the breed. I was like, I'm going to preserve this breed. I'm going to protect this breed. So I think as an adult, if you start and you didn't have the luxury and the luck of growing up in the sport that you just it's finding that mentor or finding that passionate person who's willing to help guide you, because it can be a little intimidating, this world of fancy groomed and trained dogs, if you've never had one. But at the end of the day, we're all just care about dogs. We celebrate dogs. We want to do fun things with our dogs. And we want to preserve and protect them.
2: Let's end it right there. (laughs) Because I think that's the best way we can end it. Gina Dinar, it's always a pleasure having you. The executive secretary of the American Kennel Club. Um, Always promoting the education of purebred dogs.
0: You got it.
1: You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com.
4: Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information,
1: epi-pet.com. Epi-Pet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz.
2: I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. I'm, unfortunately, Dr. Michael Fleck can't be with us today, but I want to remind you here at the Pet Buzz, we're urban, suburban, and country. Welcome back. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm talking about the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. It's the 146th annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, and this is one of my favorite shows of the year. We love to talk all things Westminster, and that's why I'm going to answer some of your questions that you pose to me. You know, there's so much to do and see at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show presented by Perina Plan that even longtime attendees like myself may not know the ins and the outs of the show. Well, there are breed sessions, competitions in agility and obedience, and of course, the big events of group judging and best in show. But the show is so rich with facts that a lot of people don't know. And that's why I wanted to answer some of your questions. So Mandy from New York wrote, what? Does the name Westminster? Does that have to do with England? Well, no, Mandy. Around 1876, a group of sporting gentlemen would gather at the bar of the Westminster Hotel to talk about hunting and boast about their hunting dogs. One thing led to another, and the group decided it needed a real venue to compare hounds. Thus, a dog show in Manhattan. In 1877, they named themselves the Westminster Kennel Club after their favorite bar and hosted the first annual New York Bench Show of Dogs. It was held at a venue, Gilmore Gardens, that would later become known as Madison Square Garden. So John writes from Kentucky, how old is Westminster? Well, this is its 146th year, John. And the Westminster Kennel Club is the second longest continuously held sporting event in the country, second only to the Kentucky Derby. The first show featured more than 1,200 canine competitors, and Westminster gained popularity ever since then. Along with those who tended in person, millions can watch it live on television or on the internet. Currently, there are nearly about 3,500 dogs competing during Westminster Week events, probably even more. Hallie from Alabama wanted to know about the grooming. Well, Hallie, it takes several hours to groom some breeds for the show ring and a lot of work. For those who think dog's bath time is a chore, imagine four to five hours, multiple brushes and more hair products than most humans have. Some handlers use high-end products or people products that you might find a salon on their dogs, brand name shampoos and conditioners, texturizing spray, mousses, hairspray, rollers, flat irons, and of course, blow dryers all contribute to show ring perfection. Oh, that was a handful. Okay. So Carly from Roanoke, Virginia wanted to know, what do handlers do? Do they just trot around the ring with the dogs Well, that's a great question. Handlers really play a vital role in a dog's success or loss. The handler really does have a strong bond with the dog, the dog that he or she works with, which really helps the dog feel confident, attentive, and comfortable in the ring. The handler is really intimately familiar with the breed's proper stance, posture, and gait, and can make subtle adjustments with expert leash handling and well-timed treats. All of this takes practice, practice, and even more practice to work out leash handling, speed, and, of course, positioning. Someone wanted to know, tell me about the treats. They didn't leave a name or or give any details. They just sent a post, no name. Well, sometimes a handler will keep treats in their pocket. Some even keep treats in their bra. I know, I find that hard to believe, and yes, it's It's true. Some handlers take a treat out of their own mouth and give it to the dog. It may seem weird, but the treats are things like hot dogs, cheese, cooked chicken, or steak. Yeah, things I don't even want to stick in my bra. Well, the theory is that by keeping these treats, they're also called bait, in their mouth, the handler is focusing the dog's attention on their face. An interesting side note, many, if not most of the dogs being shown, they drink bottled water, While they're on the road to avoid any type of tummy upset from local water. Chris from Florida wanted to know after all of this time and expense and work that goes into showing dogs, what's the end result? What's the big prize money? Well, Chris, actually, no. At the first show, all proceeds from the one-day event went to establish a shelter for disabled and stray dogs. Since then, Westminster has contributed millions of dollars to rescue health and training organizations, as well as to community outreach programs. But while there's no actual monetary prize, breeders will tell you that the offspring of champions can bring in serious money. Basically, Chris, they get a big purple and gold ribbon and a a sterling silver bowl. That's what they win. But like I said, the breeders will tell you that the offspring of champions can bring in some serious money. Mary wanted to know. Now, Mary is from Tennessee. Mary wanted to know, are show dogs really just dogs? You know, they are. They're beloved pets that share an everyday family life, much like our dogs do. They may live with kids or other pets. They sleep in their owner's beds. They track muddy paws through the kitchen. You, hey, a lot of times you'll see them playing catch in the backyard. Generally, lead, they lead the lives of well-loved, happy pets. My last question is from Eunice, and she's from Minnesota. She wanted to know, She wrote, Charlotte, if I want to get some friends together, what kind of things do I have to do to have a Westminster Kennel Club viewing party? Well, Eunice, that is a great question. I love viewing parties. I had a viewing party last year because I wasn't able to go to Westminster. The first thing I always tell people is, Decide who you want to invite as your guests. You can invite dog friends and have them bring their dogs or you could just invite dog friends. I encourage you, if you really want to watch the show and have a good time without distraction or without breaking up dog fights, just invite your dog friends and tell them to leave their dogs at home. Next up, you want to think about decorating the house. Well, when I have my Westminster viewing party last year, I made sure I had plenty of purple and yellow streamers. It kind of captures the mood because those are the colors of the Westminster Kennel Club dog show. So I had streamers and balloons all over the house, which was a lot of fun. Um, I also uh, had accoutrement. I found uh, online at Amazon some dog plates and some dog paper cups, dog paper cups and plates. Uh, And what did I serve? Many of you may ask. I served a variety of hot dogs with a fixin' bar, and I put some recipes out for California dogs, Coney Island dogs, Chicago dogs, so everyone could make their own dog. Another way that I decorated the house was I had breed pillows galore, so everyone could sit by their favorite breed. I kind of knew who had what breed, so I bought some breed pillows. Uh, those were the parting gifts, as you could say. So everybody who came, there was about ten people, they all went home with their favorite breed dog pillow. So that was kind of fun. Um, you know what did I serve? Well, you know I found a recipe book and I I. Fudge the recipes a little bit, so I served some golden ale that was for my golden retriever friends. Uh, I served some uh, French a Frenchy what I called a Frenchy drink. So I just made up a variety of drinks, left the recipes on little tablets on the bar, and if not, just serve beer. Just serve some beer, wine, and soda That always, and have some water. That always works. Really, the whole thing is you just want to have some fun with your friends. You want to watch great viewing, uh, see great dogs, and then, of course, figure out who's going to win. I mean, that's where the excitement gets to when you're in the best in show ring and everyone's picking one of the seven dogs who's going to win. What's the judge going to say? See if you can determine the winner. Maybe you might want to bet on it a little bit. That's always a good time. Really, all in all, I just want you to enjoy the show as much as I do. Really see the dogs, enjoy great dogs competing in a show ring, and really know those dogs are loved. And that's the fun part of the show. And if you're a potential dog owner, look for the dog of your dreams. There are so many dogs to see, whether it's a large dog, big dog, part of the hound group, part of the toy group, part of the working dogs. It's always a good time. Well, I'm going to sign off now. As I said, I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, um, the executive producer and host, of, uh, the Pet Buzz. We love you. We love dogs and we love you guys. Keep listening to the Pet Buzz next week. If we're lucky, we're not sure, uh, as we always do, we have the winner of the Westminster Kennel Club dog show on. So it's either going to be next week or the week after. Um, but once again, thank you. We're happy to have you. Um, I want to thank our guest, uh, Gail Miller Beicher uh, Gina DiNardo from the AKC, uh, David Helming. Um, and if you have any more questions, definitely post them, tweet them. Hey, write to us at team at the pet buzz and we'll answer your question on next week's show. You know, better yet, why don't you post some pictures of your dogs and tell me while, tell me why your dog is your champion. Okay, I'm going to post pictures of my dogs and I'll tell you why my dogs are my champions. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And just to remind you, if you have a question about the dog show or any question about dogs and cats in general, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com and we'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this special programming, Visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the link podcast uh, on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo, Pet Trendologist, Charlotte Reed, and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us,
4: the
5: show, and our guests. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? Epi Pet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com.
1: Epi Pet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws. For the long, healthy life of your dog. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A-Pet.com.
0: Tevra Pet and Slim Paws. Proud supporters of the Pet Buzz.